Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a start now. It's very exciting. Are we recording it? Oh yeah. I believe we have a quorum. Welcome to a live episode of The Dork Forest, Hollywood, California. Yeah, you can applaud. Now's the time. Is the red light on? You're sure we're recording this? We're, we're not going to have to start over. It seems... All right, it seems are we live? Are we live? <laughs> we, are, we are at least alive to these 27 people. Right? Right? It's a very nice podcast audience. It I is, think. It's a lovely uh, the Dork Forest. We're live at the uh, the Meltdown Comic Books here on Sunset, and um, we thank them for their space. Of course, God bless us, everyone. And uh, and sitting with me, the exciting world of 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 television. I don't know. You guys know things about it's Hollywood dorkdom is what it is. We're in Hollywood. We're going to talk about it. On my left, one of my favorite comics of all time, Mr. Dana Gold. Welcome to the program. <laughs> To my right, uh, my new animated crush, uh, Mr. James Urbaniak from the Venture Brothers. Uh, welcome to the program. Replacing, replacing Mel Blanc, who was your crush. <laughs> yes, yes, I had like the hugest crush or, on Mel Blanc. Yeah. Him and Steve Landisberg. So you guys. Mel Blanc couldn't be here because of a coffin related incident. <laughs> I love his work with coffins. Nobody makes a coffin talk. It was a. All right. Anyway, uh, let me wrap it up. So you guys, uh, Dita, you've been on. You've talked about a lot of movies, a lot, yes, a lot of love of the movies. And uh, and then James was on, talked for easily 47 minutes about Charles Lawton. And I thought, really? you guys should talk to each other. And We're going to get all night of a hunter. <laughs> <laughs> what are the... Yes, <laughs> it's. I say start so with Charles Lawton and go. That's the theme from Night of the Hunter that you just said. Night of uh, the Hunter. I think Frank Conniff of uh, Mystery Science Theater. Uh, perhaps you know him. Friend of the Frank. show. Yes. yes. Fos. Yes. He does. <laughs> personal friend. Uh, he does a really funny thing when you go to a movie. Uh, if the at the end of the soundtrack uh, at the credits, he then sings the title of the movie as if that was oh exactly da, 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 and then at the end of the credits, he just goes a few good men. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sweet smell of success, yeah. Sweet smell of success, yeah. And they they often scan perfectly. They do. I'm dating myself, but the first time he did it, I was with him, and I really it, it was with this movie. And at the end of it, he just goes, nobody's fool. <laughs> Not a lot of people know that The Odd Couple has lyrics. And there's a horrible recording that came out when really? the movie came out where, uh, uh, you know. The Odd Couple, The Odd Couple? Yes. The, the, movie, Walter Matha? the movie soundtrack, they have that kind of very early 60s choral arrangement where a group uh, of people are singing. Is it this? Well, it's, it's yeah. like that. <laughs> it's a little but scary. the lyrics are actually like, everywhere they go, people say they're the couple. Which is not true to the odd couple. Yeah. Nor, wow. Nor, yeah, nor the story. They're an odd couple. They're not a couple. Right. They're not a couple couple. But that's genuinely the words. To yes, the... they're the worst lyrics ever. 
That's ridiculous. Because <laughs> I always thought that um, I, I have friends who uh, make up uh, words to uh, Matt Fugate made up friend of mine. No, you don't know him. Personal and uh, but uh, personal ma- friend ma- made up words to the uh, to the Quincy. Quincy is a doctor. Oh, to see the guy. No, that's not that's a on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, that's a brilliant. No, YouTube wait, video. Uh, no, it's not. It isn't a YouTube video. It was him just sitting around drunk. We were all just drunk. Oh, well, there's another guy who did a YouTube video with uh, the with, same joke. With that, with, with Quincy as a doctor. No, he's not a doctor. Yeah, even the the like the the music that oh, those starts. Are great he's lyrics. like, so that's just good writing. a murder, and then it. <laughs> Jack Klugman seems to be the theme of this entire section. By the way. <laughs> I did love it. Oh, well, I, I am a proud owner of The Odd Couple Sings, their LP. Oh, sure. Is anybody going to ClugCon in San Diego? <laughs> Where they cover... Um... ClugCon. I saw Jack Klugman's one-man show over there in, uh, in the Valley, oh, yeah, over there at the Burbank. The, uh, after the larynx surgery. After the larynx yeah. surgery. Brave and, man. Yeah, he did, he did a, a 45 minutes. I did, I did The Odd Couple. Yeah. <laughs> That was a very enjoyable time for me and for Tony Randall. It's hard. I saw him and Tony Randall on Broadway uh, about 10 years ago. Broadway? In The Sunshine Boys. Oh. Oh. And and Jack Klugman talked like this. Yeah. He was mic'd, and you lose a lot of your performing vocabulary when you can't speak. Yes. Wow. (laughs) I mean, it was like everybody adored it. Yeah. He he, could do no wrong. He made up for it in... My history Titanic balls. Okay. Well, I can't talk. There's only one thing to do. A play on Broadway. <laughs> King Lear. It's going to be fantastic. So, it's, it's that or opera. Brian Kylie of uh, Conan O'Brien, uh, staff writer and a very funny comedian. In his personal own right. friend of mine. Personal friend. Personal friend. Uh, used to do a really funny impression of every episode of Quincy. What do you mean, Sam? We're talking murder here. <laughs> Everyone. Well, Gene Roddenberry wrote lyrics to Star Trek, the oh. show, so he could force Alexander Courage to split the money. Yeah. Oh. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What were they? Uh, Star Trek. Oh, I can sing it. No, I bet you can sing it. Beyond. Yeah, it's beyond the rim of starflight. My love wandering in starflight. Oh my god! I know this voyage ends never. This Star Trek will go on forever. And now, as you wander the starry sea, remember. God. Remember me. Wow. That is horrible. Horrible. Ghastly. It's an abortion to the ears. <laughs> uh, but Alexander Kirsch, who did not know about it until his royalty check came from ASCAP, was like, what the hell happened? The- oh, Gene wrote Larry, that motherfucker! Yeah. So you got like to play the enough angles. Money. The yeah. There's like another guy. I never yeah, realized that the Star Trek theme is in the swing tradition, but it really sounds like that. Like Sing it. Da 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 da. Scapadoo hey. <laughs> Did you guys ever see that movie uh, uh, with the Swing Heil? Remember Swing Heil? No. It was about it was a it was a terrible terrible film about swing dancing in Germany before like in 1938. Kids. It was called Swing Kids, but they would yeah. always say Swing Heil. Swing Heil. And that was the last line. Oh. Swing Heil, man. Swing high. Right. And uh, it spoke to me, is what I'm saying. It's such a big thing when you bring in... If you do a movie with Nazis and it's about anything else than a very somber recollection of what they did, it always just queers the story. I enjoy my Nazis uh, buffoonish. Yeah. I do not like a serious... I can't... Schindler's List is supposedly the happy Nazi movie where he's a good guy, and I'm like, nope. 
I don't know people who buy Schindler's. When, when are you going to watch that again? No, no, that's afternoon. a really brilliant observation. Yeah, it's raining. You want, hey, you want to? You want to? Hell yes! I've actually never seen the movie. <laughs> I think that's a reference to uh, uh, that was not that was then. This is now, but ah, crap! Mickey Rourke uh, was in it, and Rumblefish. Did you ever oh, see Rumblefish? Directed by Coppola. I've never seen Rumblefish. Oh, it's Coppola sitting next to you the entire time, going, "He's colorblind. Get it? He's colorblind, so it's in black and white. But the fish is in color because he's like the fish, and he's hitting me. And I'm like, get off of me, get off of me, Coppola. That would be great if director's tracks on DVDs was just the guy going, "Look at the chick. Look at the chick in the background." <laughs> I would totally, totally do that, chick. Well, that always makes you. That's you say that because I had a friend many years ago who I, I always remember this. He was talking about Rumblefish, and he said, oh, "It's one of Coppola's Look It movies." Look at, look like, it, look at that, look at that. Look at that's yeah. exact same. That's exactly what he's doing. Did Angelo you see? Florio said that. You should meet him. Oh yeah. Well, did you ever see a personal? personal, friend personal friend. <laughs> I was like, damn it. Personal friend. That, that was like Mulholland Drive. That's exactly how I felt. Well, that's it. a masterpiece. Yeah, that's what I understand. I understand that's a masterpiece, but it felt like I, it was the entire time. What's his face is sitting next to me, going, "Am I weird? Look how weird I am." Oh no, that's that's wild at heart. That's, oh, that that that's true. Like, that's the Am I Weird one. Mahal and Drive is much more yeah, grounded. Like, you have, can he just make a sandwich? Does it have to be a toad and skateboard sandwich? <laughs> yeah. I agree with you there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well then maybe I should watch Mahal and Drive again. I'll write it down. Saw it three times during the original release. I saw the pilot. I saw the pilot. It was originally a television pilot oh, for a series. Yes, that's didn't right. get made. And then he added, he shot like an extra 30 minutes. Oh, that wow. was back when... A lot of David Lynch, by the way, from a fellow TM practitioner personal friend uh, a lot of his latter work falls into a, a category I call and I say this with love hipster homework oh. Oh, we gotta go to this amen why do you hate why I gave you seven dollars why are you hating me why there was a great story that uh, the gentleman that uh, Mark Frost who co-developed Twin Peaks with David Lynch, and uh, he said, I knew we were in trouble when I saw the cream corn in the kid's hand in the scene. And I said to David, uh, we were looking at the rushes, and I said, uh, uh, where, where did the cream corn come from, Dave? That wasn't in the script. And he said, uh, you know, we had it with lunch, and I thought it looked great. <laughs> right. And was like, okay. It was a textural element, yeah, and that's I'm important just to rip him. up the script. It is. I'm just rip it up. That's the right one. Any opportunity for some weird texture. Exactly. Well, that's it in insanity. There. Scott Ackerman, I think it was Scott Ackerman, told a really great story that a friend of his was a crew member on um, on <laughs> Twin Peaks, the, the movie, the Twin Peaks movie, and at one point they had a close-up of a monkey. Natch. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and the monkey was on the set, and the guy was just a crew member, and he was just like looking at the monkey, and, and, and David Lynch, who is a lovely man, honestly, he's, he's, he is, and this will prove it, uh, goes, uh, whatever the guy's name was, you know, hey, Mike, what do you, what's going on, Mike? And he goes, I've just never seen a monkey up, up close before. He goes, really? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, uh, you want to you play with a monkey for a while? And, and he goes, I'd love to. And he goes to the trainer, is that, is that okay? And the trainer goes, sure. And, and he goes, all right, we're going to take 15 minutes. Just break. Mike's going to play with a monkey. <laughs> but that's the kind of guy. I've actually, I've, actually spent, I've actually spent time with him. He is a lovely guy. And he does say things like, you know, if, you, if everybody would just let people into traffic, this town would be 50% better. 
Ooh. You know, and it's just like, yeah, it's too it simple and civilized to ever catch on, but it's a good theory. I will say this, though. I do think more people let people into traffic here than anywhere else. Because if, if you put your signal on, someone will let you in if you are aggressive. Right. If you are, if you make the move and then say, because I'll wait for somebody, but if they don't take the initiative, I'm like, well, then you're done. Then yeah. you're going to have to wait. So, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I was, think people are good. I was just in Boston so recently. Seven hours ago? So recently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of. Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, there it's just mad. It's just like. It's Thunder like the Philippines, Dome. man. Yeah. It's like it's ridiculous. Yeah. Who, who needs yeah. that? Why are you in the street? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, I know that both of you guys have worked with. Like, what I like is, um, did somebody told me, James, that you met Groucho Marx? No. Oh, well, I'm in. <laughs> you know what I like? Well, thanks for it's listening. Tough, tough shit. Groucho I want Marx you to make died in like 1978 or something. I was no, like, he did not. He died he later than that. Is 87? 87. Yeah, no, he it was did. Like 87. Oh, it'll who be in the, the notes. Sorry, he died oh, when I was a young adult. Here's a good one, though. Here's a good one, if I may. Yes, may I please, please. Who, who's the most famous, like, person that you met? Like, just like uh, icon. What icons have you met? Yeah, that's a good question. You know what? I uh, the other didn't you used to like go through back and like dead. Broadway? Yes. Well, when I was a young man, I used to uh, second act Broadway shows, and I used to see a lot of Broadway in like the early '80s. And I used to sneak backstage to try to meet the stars. So I went back really? and I met Jack Lennon once. And uh, oh, he's one of my. Uh, he was really nice. He was lovely. I did. That was one of my three. I I did a a movie that he was in called My Fellow Americans and uh, I spent like three days with him and James Garner just all day sitting James around. James Garner? Yep. Jim. Yeah, there you or go. Jim. Yeah, Jim. Jim Garner. <laughs> yes. Jim tells great stories so you gotta call him Jim. He was uh, my local sheriff and I supported him. Oh, did really? <laughs> and I love that and film. He, I love that yeah. film as a young man. And he was, Jack Lemon was one of those guys after you met, you know, it was like a day and it's like you're just one of the guys and he's, the next day I walk in he walks by and he goes, hello love. <laughs> like I want to make you food. <laughs> right, I I went to see that, and then I was with a friend of mine, and we snuck backstage. And I was like 19 years old, and I was not yet in professional show business. Uh-huh. And I was from New Jersey, and I wasn't the hipster sophisticate you see before you now. Now, nerdy kid, yes. I don't think I was wearing stonewashed jeans, but it was probably close, <laughs> just short of a mullet. Uh, and yeah. me and my friend walk in, and we just kind of. We we go, we somehow oh well, well the way to go backstage is you'd look in the program and you'd find out who played the maid and he was doing long day's journey into night and there is a maid in the there show so it show. works perfectly and uh, so we asked for the maid and they let us up and I remember as we were going up the stairs to go backstage some lady was arguing with the guy at the stage door saying will you please tell Jack that I tried to come by and she wasn't on the list so then we got in we asked some lady where <laughs> well, we, you, you we just got asked lost. for like like Elizabeth Decker. <laughs> Uh, yeah. She played the maid, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, go on yeah. in." Well, it was pre nine eleven. Right, right. Sure. <laughs> yeah. They're after our maid. People maids. were more relaxed about that. You could just give the name of yeah. an actress at a door and get in anywhere. Yeah, right, right, right. And if it wasn't somebody famous, they wouldn't check. That's what you. And then we were looking around, and we it was a big theater. And we we didn't know where we were going, and my friend Nick uh, saw some woman walk by, and he went, "Where is Jack's dressing room?" Like he really belonged there. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. exasperation, fake exasperation. And she showed us, and we walked in, and he saw us walk in. It was like this big room, and he went, Hey, fellas. <laughs> like, like really genuine. Great. And we were like, That was great. And he went, Oh, thank you. 
Yeah. And it was so sweet. That was great. Um, <laughs> and that's have, enough. That's yeah. enough to, yeah, be, that's to go, that's oh, neat. I met yeah. a famous person. Can we have some of your skin? <laughs> Don't do that. And then I have There's to tell one line. more quick backstage no, story because this is like the capper to that story. So then uh, uh, I think that same year, I'm in New York with my friend. It's like 11 o'clock. We hadn't seen a show, but the shows were getting out. And we we're like, let's sneak in a theater. While shows are getting out. Is your friend Noel Coward? Because it sounds so, it sounds so sophisticated. You're, you're, what you did at 19 and what I did at 19 is so painfully better. You know, like, I finished an open mic and then spent two hours with a dog-eared hustler I stuffed into a Star Wars notebook. After we did this, I would go home and masturbate sure, by natural. myself. But, so we went into... Uh, so uh, in the early 80s, Judd Hirsch and Cleavon Little were in a play called I'm Not Rappaport yes, yes, on yes. the Broadway. <laughs> and we, it was across the street. We're like, let's go in there and meet Judd Hirsch from Taxi. <laughs> so we do the same thing. We hadn't seen the show. People are coming out. We find a program. There's like a, co- a cop in that. We're like, perfect. Cop. You know, <laughs> Barry. Yeah. Barry Bostwick. Barry, Barry Smith. <laughs> so we go, Barry Smith, please. And they go, yeah, go right in. And so awesome. We could have said the maid from the other show. We still would have gotten <laughs> yes, exactly. Ken it. Ken Daly. a smaller theater. We go up this spiral staircase, and we make our way all the way up to this room. And sitting in this little room with his shirt off, he played an old man in the show. He was probably around in his 50s yeah. at the time. Right. Taking his old man makeup up is the very fuzzy shirtless Judd Hirsch <laughs> and we're just kind of standing there by this right next to the door and he's he's taking it off and he turns to us slowly and he says where'd you guys come from the street <laughs> <laughs> and I said yeah we did actually and then there was an awkward silence and we were like you're you're really great big fans and then he went well, good night, right? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Now, Nothing wrong with that. A couple decades go by. I become a professional actor. I move to Los Angeles. My first gig here is four years ago on Numbers starring Judd Hirsch. I don't have scenes with him. <laughs> but uh, the producer of the show ends up telling... I tell the producer of the show this story. Uh, and <laughs> he later tells it to Judd Hirsch. And then he came back and said to me, he remembered that. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. Awesome. But he said, oh, he's really happy for you. That's great. Oh, I'm glad that it all worked out for you. But I'm sure it was like so weird. These yeah. two nerds suddenly appear. Yeah. I, I love that as the technique, though. That's the perfect technique to get When you're back. shirtless and vulnerable. <laughs> I met, I met uh, Vincent Price. Oh, at, uh, he came to speak. That's a really good yeah, one. Yeah, that's a good one. He spoke to my theater class. In Massachusetts, <laughs> at the University of yeah. Massachusetts, Amherst, <laughs> and uh, and I just had to meet him, you know, because because I I was a famous Monsters of Filmland subscriber, of course, <laughs> and I Give just had something to I had to say something when he walked right by me and he of spoke. Course. He was lovely. He was lovely, and and I just went. Uh, I I think I said something like, "I've known about you all my life. I read. I uh, no no. I know what I said. I was like." Uh, I said, thinking I'd be cool, because I was about 18. I was like, Forey Ackerman is always trying to look like you, like in, some inside <laughs> yeah. baseball thing. There you go. And he just turned to me and he went, he's a dear man. <laughs> <laughs> I love people. And then, awesome. but here's how, this is how this story Fantastic. gets even, even better. So I used to do a bit about Vincent Price in my act, and I did it at the, at the Saturn Awards, which is the sci-fi awards. 
which is why my life is an avalanche of women. <laughs> and I, so about two days later, I, I did it at the thing, and I did my Vincent Price bit, and like two days later, I'm at, I'm on lunch from The Simpsons, and I just go to, I'm bored, I just go to the Toys R Us at Pico in La Cienega, just like an hour, I just hated the room, <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to touch toys. <laughs> yeah. And I hear, you were that comedian. And I turn around, and it's Mark Hamill. <laughs> oh, what? And I go, well, yeah. And he goes, and then he tells a great Vincent Price story. He goes, your Vincent Price thing was so funny. And then he does a better Vincent Price than I do. And then he goes, and he goes, I met him once, and I and I and I told him how much I love the Tingler. And and Vincent Price goes, wasn't that a marvelous piece of rubbish? <laughs> and then, and then I said, you know, and I thought about that because I'm like, I do a lot of crap films. And, you know, now whenever somebody says like some movie that I've done that I hate, I go, wasn't that a marvelous piece of rubbish? <laughs> like, How am I in some? I've had this dream before, but I'm in it now. That's the perfect. It was, that's the perfect so answer. Yeah. yeah, that is great. I had a voiceover edition in New York a few years ago for a bubblegum. And we're supposed to be like talking dinosaurs, Braggart. or like bubblicious mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. And I like hear I don't some know. guy <laughs> Maybe talking about his Broadway show, and this guy's, yeah, we ran for a while, but uh, you know, the critics didn't really like it, and and I I I knew most of the guys in the voiceover circuit, and I'm like, I don't know this voice. Who is this annoying actor laddie talking about his Broadway show? And then I look at the sign and sheet sheet to see where I am. And underneath my name, it says Mark Hamill. And I go, oh, my God. I know. I know. That voice. 3PO? <laughs> Where is she? It's, and, uh, his, his, and, his, 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 I'm sorry. Oh, no. Well, then I turn, and there is Luke fucking Skywalker in a leather jacket looking like he's in his 50s. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. Nicest guy. Nice guy in the Super world. Nice guy. I, well, I was so starstruck. Sure. I was just making fun of this actor, anonymous actor guy. Yeah. And I realized it's him, and I couldn't say anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, what do I say? Yeah, what do you I say? I was 13. When the movie came out, I was right in the demo. Yeah, I was 12. Yeah, <laughs> that was perfect. Yeah, no, it is. Old. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm older than you guys. I remember what the hell just turning happened? a channel. <laughs> he no, but he he is lovely, and his performance in that first movie is by is alarmingly fade by today's standards. You know, oh, there's the, like Star Wars. Yeah, there's there's yeah. one line in particular that a friend of mine always calls me up and just leaves on my voicemail. Sometimes <laughs> it's, it's just like I just go, "It's your father. Please call the houses in flames." <laughs> and then I just get like, then I just get like, "Not on your life, I'm that droid and I've been through a lot together." But <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that after it's a little minty, as my dad would say. <laughs> And then after being totally starstruck, I thought, wait a minute, Mark Hamill and I are auditioning for the same bubblegum commercial? There the playing go. field has There's leveled. no yep. justice. <laughs> the I, got to, I got to meet Lily Tomlin once wow, in my one acting one. thing. It was a great one. I was, uh, <laughs> I, as per usual, I was cast as an airport cop. That's when the typecasting began. <laughs> and uh, the typecasting began on Murphy Brown. Right. And, uh, and uh, my roommate... Or, or a cop, comma, airport. Right, cop. It's, uh, you, you could clean this up and make it a judge, is what I'm telling you. Right. Casting people now, uh, so uh, <laughs> you put it together. I could be a lawyer, uh, but the uh, <laughs> the thing is, <laughs> so I'm I'm on Murphy Brown. I play an airport cop, and the. Uh, um, the last when we taped my roommate at the time Jennifer McLean friend of the show uh, she came and we were going to wander around Warner Brothers and go look for famous people and uh, I was running down a hallway and Lily Tomlin poked her head out of the thing and uh, said where are you going Jackie remembered my name hello Aww. and I said going to go look for famous people and she said 
what am I, chop liver? <laughs> and I turned around, I said, huh? And she's like, keep going. And move along, move along. She's the best. <laughs> she's um, awesome. The, yeah, the, the, the big one was uh, I did Politically Incorrect, the old Bill Maher show. Oh, with, right. With uh, Charlton Heston. Oh, that's that's oh, yeah. your that for me. Yeah, nice. that for, and you you see the you see the, the <laughs> that's video. that ape guy. You see the DVD the tape of it, and, and when he walks out, I just start laughing because <laughs> yeah. he is even at the time he was he was he was had a bad hip, and he was a mountain of a man. He was just a giant. Man. Is he like six four? Yeah, he was big, and, okay. he, and he was starting to osteoporotically move down, uh, <laughs> but he was he was he was lovely and. Uh, and it was, I've told the story on, sta- uh, on stage, but he was just like, I, he, I, he said something about handguns, you know, some crazy, if we don't give fetuses handguns, how can they kill abortionists? <laughs> and, uh, how are they going to protect themselves? Right. And then, and then I said something like, I didn't believe in prayer. I didn't believe in school prayer or handguns. And I just got held up and believed in both real quick and got a big laugh and went to commercial. And it looked like I shut him down. And in fact, I didn't. Right. And he leaned over, and I'm like, oh, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> and he just leaned over, and he went, so uh, you're an actor, too? Obviously, things are going well. How, how is it going? And then, like, back to the show, Dingus over here doesn't notice that. You know, Commer- commercial, you know, if you have a tough, you know, just, it was just, he was That's so, he, you, if you were, an act, you were an actor, you were in the union, you know, he was, you were his guy, he didn't care. And, uh, and then after the show, I, it was, it was telling him what a Planet of the Apes weirdo I was. And he said, uh, and they said, this is really dorky, but this was my Christmas card from last year. And it was a picture of me over a gorilla holding him on a leash. And he showed it to his wife. He took it and showed it to his wife. And he, <laughs> and, and he looked, I'll never forget it. He looked at me and he grabbed me by both shoulders and he said, this might be dorky too. <laughs> but I'd love to, I'd be happy to send you a photo from the film if you'd like. Ooh. And I gave my address, and four days later, eight by ten envelope, color picture. Wow. Dana, thanks, Charlton. Has. Old school, that's old school. Right. That's nice. That, that's old classy. School. That's, that's how a you classy do it. guy. That's how you do it. He's nothing with that. Great story if it ends there. Later. <laughs> <laughs> I hear some noise out by my trash cans. And I think. Well, you we shot got a girl. <laughs> you took for an abortion. <laughs> And he set you up to take the fall. What, uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's, I thought I'd bring it down. Good anyway, egg. so, um. Good egg, Chuck H. Roddy McDowell also met him. And, oh, wow, that's, uh, that's. Yeah, and live in his house. You're kidding. Yeah, he bought yeah. his house. So that's where I start getting really excited because I somehow I get more excited by like the less super famous character people. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love the like most. If I could be like, Dwight Fry, I would forget it. When I first solution. moved here, Who's I saw Dwight Eddie Deason at my voiceover agent. It was Who's like seeing Cary Grant. <laughs> yeah. Go to 80s nerd for those of you who don't right, know. Right, 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 right. Um, I mean, It'll be in the notes. He did this crazy movie called The Cool Ones where he played like a 60s, if you can't beat him, join him kind of comedy. And he played Phil Spector. Right. And it's horrible. And when I met him at this like party and I said, uh, you know a movie of yours I love? The cool ones. And he looked at me and he made like a finger cross. Like, <laughs> and then this was great. He corrected himself and he went, actually, that's a very good film. I still communicate with the director. We send postcards. Back and forth. <laughs> Just, it's a nice touch. Nice guy. Yeah. It's nice a, people. All dead. So, <laughs> it's another great story. That could not be gone, more yeah. dead. <laughs> Profoundly dead, <laughs> vigorously dead, super dead. <laughs> Sorry. 
What are the class? What kind of? But the thing is, is I mean, because you live in Roddy McDowell's house, and I, I, if I oh, can live in anybody's house, I didn't buy it for that reason. But, but when they did but tip the I ball read, into the net, yeah. <laughs> did I read an article? I think you wrote about it for a magazine that was on an airplane. Oh yeah, <laughs> sweet gig. It was a pretty. I don't know how you got it, but uh, yes, it was that awesome. was right. Yeah, it was right between an article on how batteries work. And, <laughs> It was an awesome the best pizza and yeah. on Sixth Avenue. Make your own light bulbs. <laughs> this man says yes. It was just your wife knew as soon as the guy said, "Oh, you, a little-known character actor used to live." Yeah, there. yeah, and she just looked at me. Her head ratcheted around like a barn owl. <laughs> I take it we're living here now. Yeah, I guess this, I guess this is it. Huh? Just move in. Yes. Did you ever get that uh, that statue of the lawgiver? And I put do. It in I your have backyard? a bust of the lawgiver up by the pool. Okay. Yeah. Planet of the Apes? Again. The I call that the, the call that the deal closer when the ladies come by. <laughs> you know how to Perhaps work the angles. Seen the lawgiver. What uh, <laughs> talk to me about some movies you enjoy from the sixties. Do you have I mean, because you don't yeah, you're not you're it's I mean the thing is is the when we talked about movies, James, you were more like it was dramas and and there was art involved. He's monkeys. I mean I'm I can all um, monkeys. you're all monkeys. I'm excited about the new planet of the age knowing I will be disappointed. Comedies and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. it's gonna I mean, yeah, it does look great actually, but I'm excited to see Rise of the Planet of the Apes in the same way a guy gets a lap dance and thinks, maybe this will be the girl for me. <laughs> and even if it, that doesn't I'm, happen, I'm there are be, still minor yeah, pleasures I'm to gonna be. Yeah, minor pleasures, but I'm going to leave just, and I'm going to leave disappointed. <laughs> We'll see. But you can relive those moments. It'll be lovely. Mm-hmm. It's a, so because uh, like, I like um, I like all kinds of shitty movies. Quite mm-hmm. honestly, I mean, it isn't just. I mean, uh, I've I've only recently started watching some of the old monster movies just because now they don't scare me anymore because sure. I can see the rubber. But uh, the uh, um, but I've always enjoyed like a shitty sit uh, like a romance romantic comedy. I, oh yeah. well, I enjoy the uh, the Rock Hudson Doris Day uh, movies. Pillow Talk. Cheesy, they had it on an airplane uh, the other night. But they also feature. Uh, uh, Tony Randall in his yes. late 50s early 60s career where mm-hmm. he is the Brando of comedy. Yes, and, and he was the best friend. And I believe many of those movies are directed by uh, Frank Tashlin. Yes, Frank Tashlin. Who was like, a Warner Brothers animator who decided to make live action movies look like cartoons. He used these incredibly bright colors. He was uh, something and, of a mentor to Jerry Lewis. Yes, he was. He directed a lot, some of the yeah. Martin and Lewis pictures and, and was sort of Jerry's mentor. And for will Jerry success spoil Rock Hunter is another incredibly yes. underrated that's, movie. Uh, yes, and that's one where uh, Tony Randall makes Jim Carrey look like a model of restraint. Yes, it's yes. Like, <laughs> it's the most over-the-top performance. Yeah. I'm Rockwell Hunter. Physical comedy? He's, he's, oh, totally he's amazing. Physical. He's amazing. Totally he's incredibly amazing. physical, but he's also really a great actor. And he's like his comedy is really, really spontaneous. And seriously, if you haven't seen like Tony Randall's film work from like that period, yeah, people only know him from The Odd Couple, which is really great. He's, yeah, but he's but he's he an jumps off actor. the screen in those yeah. in those comedies from like the early sixties. Yeah, he's, he's I, I do love all this stuff. One of my great regrets is never having met Tony Randall. Actually, oh. yeah. He's, I got nothing. He's a giant. I got nothing. You never met him. They all turn into me. No. I was at. A, I was. At I a, saw him on stage. I was at a, was at a Firestone and, and Tires in the in, in Busby, Arizona. Not on stage, but that was sort of a little after my youthful need to go backstage. So I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you go Randall. running in the other direction. <laughs> well, good night, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? It's uh, yes. We, I, yeah, and, well, and, good night, right? Yeah. As we go along, I do. I do have this thing. Like I saw Bill Murray at lunch the other day, mm-hmm. uh, and there was a part of me that wanted to stand up and interrupt his. 
lunch. Yeah. And there was a bigger part of me that uh, is in my 40s yeah. that yeah, said, yeah, why yeah, don't yeah. I leave him alone? Yeah, don't even look at him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we just let him have his lunch and it'll mm-hmm. be swell. But now once I was at a like a casting place in New York waiting an audition for something and I look at the sign-in sheet and it says, hi, Anzel. And because I'm a complete film geek, I went, hi, Anzel, play Joey Nichols in Annie Hall. <laughs> really? Wow. And so I go, I'm going to talk to him. So I went, right. you're high Anzel. He went, yes. Like, why is this? <laughs> I, how do you know that? And I said, you play Joey Nichols in Annie Hall. He goes, you knew that? Wow. <laughs> like, one of the great one scene yeah. parts uh, in comedy yeah. history. Yeah, I love, that's my. So, you know, those guys always love it when you recognize them because nobody does. And nobody that. does. Yeah, yeah, nobody, nobody, they don't get their due often. Yeah. And they work all their lives. Yeah, and then they yeah, still get to go out to lunch. It's nice. Yeah. Or yeah. when you see somebody famous for something and you know something that they did that nobody knows about. Like Mike Farrell from MASH has one line in The Graduate. <laughs> and, oh, really? Uh, yeah, he's in the hotel and he and he walks by, he's a bellboy, and he walks by Dustin Hoffman and he goes, Good evening, Mr. Gladstone. Oh, that's uh, him. Yeah. Yes. That's and Mike I, Farrell. I saw him at one point just doing something and I was walking across a lot or something. Show business context, but I did say, I walked by and went, you are the best thing in the graduate. <laughs> anyway, anyway, he laughed. Yeah. He laughed. That is a great moment. I, I will make people laugh one Gladstone. person at a, at a time. I'm all right with that. I'm like, I, I'm going to make you laugh today, and then yeah. I'm going to keep moving. There's a story about a guy that was in an elevator with Mel Brooks, and it was quiet. And the guy, I, this might be apocryphal because it's such a great line, but the guy was just a guy, and he just went, well, I bet you didn't think it'd be bumping into me today. <laughs> And apparently, like, Mel Brooks cracked up, and I think like Mel Brooks told that story. That's a great. That's a great. That is that's a great a, line. Yeah. I worked with. Uh, I had the privilege of working with Al Pacino a couple of years ago. I'm in that Kevorkian movie he did for oh, HBO, yeah, yeah. and wow. I have a nice little part in that as this reporter, uh, Jack Lesenberry, who's a Detroit journalist. So I have a couple scenes with the great man, mm-hmm. and that was like talk about an icon. You would walk in, and it's like anything he did took on this epic quality. Yeah, <laughs> because he's Al Pacino. And it's it's terrifying. The the I know the scene, the scene that I have with Jack Lemmon and James Garner, and even like I did a scene in another movie with Eugene Levy and and oh, worked sure. with Catherine O'Hara. And, and, oh, they're giants. And you're just terrified. <laughs> you're looking at their eyes, and you're like, I'm sorry, you're yeah. here with me. Imposter syndrome sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They I know, know I'm fake. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Well, like I got to know, I, and we were doing the first scene we shot. I'm interviewing him uh, at in this diner, and uh, we're shooting. And in one of the takes, he forgot his lines, and we finish. And he goes, "I went up." In the jargon of actors, yeah, 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 and yeah. Barry Levinson was directing, and he came over. He said, "No, it was okay. We got some good stuff." And I said, "Are you nervous working with me?" And, uh, and then nice. Pacino like grabbed my head. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Good one, kid." I'm like, "Hey, David Pacino, lad." I know. I'm epic. Uh, yeah, a, a guy I know. Is it happened to my friend or a friend of his? So I don't want to say the name in case I have the wrong person. But they were doing Shakespeare in the Park with Christopher Walken. Yes, and if you've ever done Shakespeare, uh, that it's in the round, and you the actors enter under the bleachers, and he's been in, he's he's like a you know a foot soldier or something. And at one point, Christopher Walken's waiting to get on. And they've been doing it for like two weeks or something. And he goes, "What are the guy's name is? Hey, Rusty." <laughs> and he goes, "All right, he's gonna say something." He goes, Come here. He walks over. He goes, "What?" And he goes, "He looks at me. He's in the panties of the women <laughs> <laughs> sitting above them." <laughs> Fantastic. Oh my God! Because yeah. everyone's nine inside. Yeah. Everyone, everyone, you can't. 
<laughs> yeah. I knew a guy that met Bob Dylan, and Bob Dylan said, you know what's secret, secret to living in L.A. is? Valet parking. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you really you my mind. Bob would be the kind of guy who parks a couple blocks away and walks and observes things. Let's see. Yeah. He He's a poet, stage. man. He gets off stage and he just looks like a little old woman. <laughs> and then he goes on stage and he's a giant. There was an incident uh, uh, a few years ago, like in New Jersey, where he... Uh, oh, he got arrested. Well, no, where, where like security wouldn't let him backstage at a theater where he was performing. Yeah, he got arrested Some creepy in old New guy Jersey. wants to go backstage. He got arrested in New Jersey. In Mama County, where I grew up, and, for walking around like And one of the reasons he was there was that he, like, I don't know the exact thing, but it was like... You know, um, Raymond Scott lived in that neighborhood. Right. And, the tw and he likes to just go and live. And, like, he did a, he went to Lennon's house in Liverpool. Yeah. And, and, like, oh, okay. got to go up and sit in his room and, like, sit on the, and just, like, sat on the bed and looked out the window to, like, know what he saw when he was, it was really, he's, <laughs> he's a heavy dude. Is he just intense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When was the last time he, you know, it's like, he doesn't know what the world is. When was the last time? I don't mean that in yeah. a bad way. I don't mean that in a bad no. way. But it's like, you know, do you have any idea what people? I saw Mick Jagger in a restaurant, and I was like, he slept with more women than I've met. <laughs> it was like, does he have any idea what? You know, it's like, does he like fuck? I gotta get butter. We're out of butter. I know. Like, well, that's something you think about. Sorry, I dropped the F. Yeah, it's like creative people become so successful and iconic then. It's it's a they're in a different place. Yeah. Like there was a time when people of a certain generation really related to Woody Allen, and he really sort of had his finger on the pulse of a certain kind of yeah, just uh, not even New York person, just a kind of like smart ornery person yeah. of that generation more or less. Mm -hmm. And uh, but it's like he lived such a weird, rarefied existence. I met him too because I'm in Sweet and Lowdown. Oh wow! And uh, he I'm uh, in Dumb and Dumberer. <laughs> I refuse to discriminate between uh, modes of comedy. <laughs> so, but, but, but that goes to that point. If yeah. you don't hear no for 50 years. That's right. It's like, yeah. I think I'll have sex with my girlfriend's kid. And you know, you meet... He, <laughs> how bad can that be, right? You know the, he is. He really keeps to himself, too. It's like, I've, you, yeah. Heston was chatting with you, and I've, I've met yeah. people who are very famous, who are super friendly. And it's not that he's unfriendly. He's just he is very aloof. Yeah, and the, he's when gotta I, be. I suppose I went to meet him. I went to uh, Julia Taylor's office, his casting oh, director yeah. in New York, to audition for that movie. And uh, she's okay. And I sit down with her, and then he comes out. And it's like you said, you laugh when you saw Heston. Just because yeah. it's fucking Heston. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And he he was... came up. He's like he's holding his hands together. And he goes, "Hi, I'm Woody." <laughs> And I think yeah. I laughed just because it was funny. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I know. And then I yeah. offered my hand, and then he gave me, like, the limp yeah, fish yeah, yeah. thing. It was like, many, oh, not much. a toucher. Yeah. yeah. And then the I'm weirdest like, thing was, you've been adopted I read the scene. <laughs> I, I was reading a scene with Julia Taylor, and he walked to, like, the side of the room where there was, like, a, a, a door, and he stood, like, in the doorway, half-hidden, peeking at me. <laughs> and I'd heard this, that he, like, he's made, the whole process makes him uncomfortable. So I'm doing this, and he's watching me from like a distance, like his face. Yeah, really. See, that's creepy. where I and, I, and we so all know he's creepy. There's a school of people that go, <laughs> well, it makes him uncomfortable, so he walks to the side of the room and peeks at you through a door, and, and that's done this for six decades. And I, that's where he leaves me because that's where I go. Try being a man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
Oh, I, I, oh. then I get this. Just so two. then, how about yeah. this? Like, a you know, few years. You know how much stuff I do every day that I don't want to do? Yeah. 98%. Yeah. <laughs> get this. So a few years later, a few years after that, I'm still in New York and he's doing an off-Broadway play mm-hmm. that it was like an evening of pieces and he wrote one of them. And they're auditioning for that play. And uh, the casting people were all sitting there to go in and they go, so um, when you go in, uh, I forget how they put it exactly, but they basically said, like, um, it's not that uh, he's unfriendly. He just doesn't want to uh, just we're not doing any small talk. But don't say hello. We're not doing any and small I just, talk. We're just going to sit down and you'll start and no hello or, you know, anything. So I walk in and I go, hey, how are you? We worked on Sweet and Low Down again. <laughs> how yeah. was that received? I pooped. And everyone in the room laughed. Because uh, it was like, oh, 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 Jane said something completely benign and friendly. Yeah. <laughs> and he just smiled. And I didn't get it, but it wasn't the part wasn't right for me anyway. But right. it was like, come on, I worked with the guy. I'm going to say hello. Yeah, meeting crazy, right. what you doing have? Letterman, it, it's like the, the prep talk for doing Letterman is not, it, it's slightly more... Uh, Exact than being ushered into a warehouse at Area 51 to meet an alien. It's like, don't look at his neck. Yeah. Yeah. Is it like yeah. a bear? Where turn you away on, turn away at odd minutes. Well, there was there was a room that years ago. There was a thing where a famous movie star apparently had. It was like day players and extras weren't supposed to look at him or make eye yeah. contact. It's, it's the deification of the, right. the star. And that's when you become a bad actor. <laughs> that's yeah. when, there's a famous story of the guy that played... Uh, I'm sure there's a sexy lady in the house that's going to know the answer to this one. The guy that played the first captain of the Enterprise in the first Star Trek pilot before they got Shatner. Right. Thank you. Hello. Jeffrey Hunter. Thank you, Ashley. Well done, Dork Forest. Well done, my fellow ranger. Thank you, Ashley. <laughs> and he played uh, Jesus in the robe. Yes. And he had, he had very specific that no one was to look at him when he was in character, just like Jesus. You know, really? aloof Jesus that you couldn't look at or talk well, to. <laughs> with all due respect, I know he's dead, but he is the great flaw in The Searchers because he's just this wooden yeah. pretty boy. Yeah. And that's actually a really great character, and I can't stand him in that movie. Yeah. Sorry. Well, he's, well, he's apparently a... I'm sure you he's know. the salt of the earth. Well, he's the only guy that... <laughs> he's the only guy that got the role of Jesus and thought, what's the douche angle on this guy? <laughs> He's just like, I'm pretty. You know, uh, Jesus' miracles never did work in his own hometown. You know that. That's true. Yeah, I've so, never seen that Jesus that's, movie, that, though. That's I the should Jesus see it just playing. so it can drive me crazy. Yeah. With my twin nemeses of Jesus and Jeffrey Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you get some Jesus issues. Jesus, you did it again! God damn Jesus. Every time a flower blooms, Why? No, Jesus! <laughs> you jump on your hat like Boss Hog. It's them Christ boys! <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Uh, I, you, you fake deity. I'll be over oh, here. On, it's no. a podcast. And it's a podcast. Comics. We all know it's true. There's at least hundreds of people listening. Anyway, so let's talk about... I didn't say... Never mind. Right. I don't necessarily believe... Right. You don't have to have What invested. I just said. I bet when you met him, he was nice and asked you about your career, too. He would. He would have. He would have. He, he, he was a mensch. Even That's if, what I heard about him. Even if it's nothing. Even if there's, even if you die and it's nothing. Or no... Or no what, you know, even if you die and no matter how good you were, you go into a box of razor blades. Whatever the afterlife is. 
Jesus, if you read about him, great guy. Right. Try to do what he would do. You're set. Regardless yes. of anything. Right. Solid dude. That That's what the Armenian church, when I was a child, that's what I believed in. Really? Be like the nice man in the picture and go get your dad some coffee. Mm-hmm. Those were the two, those were the, the, the commandments. There was a lot of step and fetch it if you we were have a girl a, yeah. child. I have a very good Armenian friend. I, uh, he scratches my back and I shave his. <laughs> my people are suit. Oh, God. <laughs> I was just in Saudi Arabia, and when you go... I'm so hairy, by the way. Are you... Are you uh, yeah, I, I take my shirt off. People go, Caesar! No, it's No. <laughs> <laughs> but they ask you what religion you are when you go in to uh, Saudi Arabia. Ah. There's a customs thing, and they say, what religion are you? Hoping, I think, that they're going to trick people into admitting they're Jews, yeah. and then they can take them away. But, uh, yeah. the, what the, do they say? But there's the a tiny box. kind that hits tall buildings? Well, you can't put an ask an American and then put a tiny box because you're like, well, I was raised whatever Catholic right, right, Protestant, no. and then I read The Secret yeah, and I went to see Oprah. Story of your life. Yeah, now I know it's all bullshit. Yeah, I try TM. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's TM? Transcendental meditation. Oh, the aforementioned it practice. Yeah. Oh. David Lynch. Oh, David Lynch does transcendental. Hasn't missed it in thirty years. Oh, fair enough. All right. Personal okay. Personal friend. Well, I, I have a 10-minute-old I, I story I was going to tell about Woody Allen. It's a good one. Uh, I listened to uh, an interview. I was on an airplane, and they, they had, for some reason, you could pick music, and then they had comedy. They had a comedy section. And so yes. I listened to an interview with um, Woody Allen. Uh, from It had to be like 72, because he was talking about how he said... Uh, the, the guy asked him like who his favorite comics were, and he said that Jonathan Winters was one of his favorite comics. And the guy said, "Yeah, but he, that guy's never going to be famous." And uh, and Woody Allen was like, "Yes, he will. Yes, he will." And he got genuinely. But it was it was it was a great interview because it was the guy just asked the same fourteen questions they ask regular. Like you get. Yeah. All comics get asked, right. do you write your own material? I mean, it was, it was queer. It was ridiculous that they would ask these questions. And I like Allen. the false belief. How could he be good if he's not famous? Right. Oh, yeah. And the whole Jonathan Winters thing was, I mean. Well, that would have been earlier than 72. Jonathan Winters. 69, became, maybe. I mean, I think well, it was Jonathan late, Winters became late famous in Mad, Mad, Mad World. That was his big. Process. Was that his breakout? Yeah, that was his, like, his yeah. first film role. He's done all this TV and stuff. But Woody Allen was a, was start, was a comic in like the early 60s in New York. Right. Right. But, um, and, and his early stand-up was great. I mean, I, I used oh, to love his. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. But yeah. I, um, I haven't been able to watch anything since Hannah and her sisters. Ever since he married his daughter. I've had, yeah, I've had I'm some way. I'm just, I'm just like. I'm just like, I'm sure it's very the funny. One I'm I don't in, have. Because I need Sure, to yes. Yeah. Yes, that'll but be lovely. A, and his whole excuse for that, because I was one of those people. I was not, I, I was. I, I, you know, I was a scrawny kid. I have four older brothers and they were all big athletes and I couldn't fight and I was not valued as a person because I couldn't <laughs> fight. And the scene in Played Against Sam, the movie, where he doesn't, where he gets out of the fight by just making fun of himself and gets out of the fight meant so much to me. It meant so much to me. Like, that, like, yeah, like, did it teach you how to guy, do that? That's me. That's who I am. <laughs> It really did. And then when he did that, when he just like, and then if you look at uh, what I think is his best movie, Crimes and Misdemeanors, where he talks about just like, there's just, you know, moral is it, morality is its own reward is basically the, the theory of that movie. And right. people get away with murder or do they? It doesn't, you know, it's like, what is, what does your soul do? And it was all these things. And then out of nowhere, he just does something completely off the charts. And his excuse is, the heart wants what it wants. <laughs> Which is a very poetic way of saying, I wanted to. Yeah, exactly. She was Why did you screw your fantastic. girlfriend's daughter? 
Obviously, I wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody's... Same reason Manson killed those people. Right. He wanted to. Cannibals eat people. There's yeah, it's a great it's a great reason. Yeah. So I just <laughs> just makes me mad when people aren't because yeah. it, it does. It's a my favorite thing are um, adults. I love adults who uh, have responsibilities. But uh, I just um. All right, let's bring it to a fucking screech. That's because I was fantastic. so. I was so. I was Gary Glitter was such a big hero of mine growing up. <laughs> yes. Who's <laughs> Gary Glitter? Gary Glitter was a glam rock uh, guy in the seventies who okay. likes who spent some time in jail for being an enthusiastic fan of boys oh. in Thailand. Oh, in Thailand, where it's legal. Apparently not. <laughs> I don't think you know the depths of his enthusiasm, my dear. Uh, noted. It'll be in the noted, notes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, you guys, it's been. Uh, let, let's get some recommendations. Like, what should people? What should people go out there and uh, and see besides the, the obviously the films you've all been in? <laughs> some of the ones you've been in. What would you like? I mean, if if for starter monster movies, uh, I like those ones. From the fifties, those are all like all the the. Mm -hmm. I last night, yes, for example, showed mm -hmm. my nine-year-old daughter and my seven-year-old daughter. Okay, the two-year-old was excused, <laughs> um, <laughs> but my nine-year-old, who's a real kind of hearty mini me kind of kid, <laughs> showed a creature from the Black Lagoon. I thought, yeah, you like this, and my seven-year-old wasn't into. She watched it, but like wasn't like knew it was. Fake and understood all that, but just well, it just didn't ring her bell. Uh, this morning I got up and uh, my nine-year-old was already watching *Revenge of the Creature*. Ooh, like of her own. She's hooked. Yeah, pretty. That was a. That's a great. That like, to me is like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> it's so beautiful when they love what you love. Yeah, but I'll say this and then I'll shut up. What, what I would recommend to people is like people who don't only watch like the movies that they grew up with. You know, there are some incredibly dark, disturbing movies that were made in the 40s and 50s and 60s. Uh, if you've never seen, I'll give you uh, Sweet Smell of Success. I sang the theme earlier. Uh, yeah, what are you did, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane? Oh. These are some of the most effed up movies that have ever been made. <laughs> Sweet like, Smell of Success scary. is on my, like, Desert Island list. Yeah. That's, that's an amazing movie. Yeah. In New York in the 50s, a lot of it's shot on location, which yeah. is an extra pleasure. Uh, Dialogue by Clifford Odets. Yes, Cats in the bag and the bags in the river. That's right. Well, I look at Sydney here. He knows if he went near my sister, I'd take a baseball bat to his head. Isn't that right, Sydney? That's right, JJ. <laughs> You're a cookie full of arsenic. Yeah. I'd hate to take a bite out of you. Greatest line ever. Yeah, it's a tough guy dialogue, yeah. but like incredible performances and just an amazing screenplay of everybody in New York playing everybody else. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but and the other one... That and an incredible that. reveal where the character who you don't think is playing anybody ends up playing somebody. It's just yeah. it's amazing. And, and, and the other one it was uh, Sunset Boulevard, if you've never seen oh, it. Oh, forget These about movies it. are so crazily dark and whacked. And talk about David Lynch, that's actually like a weirdly meta movie, you mm -hmm. know? Um, it's referencing the actors in the movie are actually playing parts that reference their own histories that and their troubled histories. It's actually kind of Tarantino-y in a way. That movie was <laughs> such an influence on David Lynch that in the show Twin Peaks, the character that David Lynch played was named after a character in Sunset Boulevard. He played FBI director Gordon Cole, and Gordon uh, Cole is the guy that calls from the studio to see if they can borrow the car. Right. Wow! <laughs> That's awesome! Again, That's avalanche great. of ladies. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like a snake that eats itself. Uh, my whole you? life is just, I'm constantly surrounded by a pup tent full of estrogen. <laughs> That's uh, well, Mother Like My Man Godfrey is a perfect comedy from the 30s. Right. That's one of my favorites with just like across the That's board. Brilliant performances by everybody. Terrible movie. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great movie. We always have this on. <laughs> and, the truth is, and then from the same period, <laughs> arguably the best screwball comedy, uh, Nothing Sacred. Which is a great, also really dark what? comedy on media manipulation mm-hmm. and exploitation that, in many ways, hasn't dated a second since they shot it in like 1930. Who? 1930? Early who's, 30s. Who? Who's in that? Uh, Carol saying. Lombard. Oh, I like Carol Lombard. And um, Frederick March uh, plays a journalist, and Carol Lombard is a girl who is misdiagnosed as having a terminal disease. Turns out she doesn't have it. But the word gets out, and then a, a New York paper decides to bring her to New York to throw her oh, uh, a last big bash. And it's all about the exploitation of this girl and everyone trying to kind of. Oh, like cash meet Jane Doe, but with a girl? Kind of. Um, uh, not meet John Doe? Or, um, well, what's the Gary Cooper movie where, where um, he gets, uh, he, he inherits a bajillion dollars? Meet John Doe. Is that meet John Doe? Frank Capra? Or George. Mr. Mr. Deeds, Deeds. Goes it's to, Mr. Deeds yeah, goes Mr. to Deeds town. Goes to well town. done, well done, sir. And uh, but yeah. nothing sacred is really, really funny and really and just has this real dark kind of black comedy element that that is really still relevant and the subject matter is still relevant because it's all about like media exploitation. That's do you, really funny. Do you like Preston Sturgis? I love Preston Sturgis. Okay, because I've only seen that Morgan Creek one. Oh well, that's an insanely good movie. That's an that's a, the, it's the craziest movie I have, I've ever oh, seen in my uh, life. When. Uh, uh, because it's supposed to Many be Many years ago, there's a great revival house in New York called Film Forum, and they had a Preston Sturges Festival, and I went to see almost everything. And to see those movies with an audience is incredible, because that one especially, it's yeah. just it's a comedy machine. And, and just to see it manipulate an audience like half a century later and still work like gangbusters was incredible. And the yeah. guy from My Three Sons is in it. Fred McMurray. Yeah. I well, spent no, no, no. It's William a, Demarest. William Demarest. Oh, William Demarest it. is in that, yes. Yeah. He's, he's, he's also great in Sullivan's Travels. Oh, is he? He's okay. in Wings, the first Best Picture, which is a silent movie from mm-hmm. the 20s. And in uh, On <laughs> Golden Blonde. That. On Golden Blonde? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a little I'll lesser known. I'll share some of my known. movie groupie girls with you <laughs> after the show. I'll give you some phone numbers. Uh, you guys? He was in Wings, uh, which we won the Best Picture in 1920-something. Yes. <laughs> he was in uh, Ginger Lynn's Girl Girl Hits, I believe. <laughs> You guys are hitting on too many people at once right now. I don't think we can take it. It's, uh, this has been, uh, this is, this is the first one that I've done here in Los Angeles, the first live, uh, Dork Forest podcast. Uh, I hope you have enjoyed yourselves. It was have fantastic. You, have you had a lovely, lovely time? time? It's a lovely time. It's been very lovely. Uh, right. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. The roaring success. Huh? Making it all possible, of course. Um, it's been so so weird doing a podcast that's not at someone's kitchen table. <laughs> it's a golden opportunity to come over and have some cashews sometimes, James. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. And uh, <laughs> you guys, it's been great. Well, what I understand is a lot of the great, uh, a lot of the great live podcast do at the end of it is uh, they uh, make sure the audience has had a good time by uh, making someone do stand-up comedy. And uh, right now, I'd like to do that by introducing uh, my good friend and uh, and lovely stand-up comic, uh, Maria Bamford. Get up here. Yay! The Bammer. Woo! 
maybe I could sit down and do my jokes like a story. <laughs> well. <laughs> First, there were high expectations. <laughs> then there was a sense of loss. Okay, you guys, it's been so great. Um, these are closer jokes that uh, will be being done again and again. Uh, or sometimes I get mad at the internet. Some people go, oh, you did the same jokes Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yeah, I'm working on them! <laughs> what are you doing, working on them? Yes! <laughs> okay, you guys, um, I am, uh, of course, uh, you guys are creative, right? Yeah. Have you ever made something from your hardcore source bone? <laughs> That's sublime. And somebody, you know, you make like a hat of your mother's hair. Or you make a painting of the Santa Monica Pier all in black, because that's how you fucking see it, man. <laughs> and somebody says, oh, cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> you better, uh, <laughs> whoa. That's a very vague diagnosis. And, uh, I, uh, I, uh, sometimes, you know, somebody, I do four voices that all sound the same. And, uh, sometimes somebody, like, whoa. <laughs> Schizophrenic. <laughs> you better stay in your meds, schizo. That is not my mental illness. Uh, I am, uh, I am trying to develop an animated character, uh, to educate people. I'm seeing the schizophrenic squid. Say hello. I might say hi back if I'm not distracted by the cacophony of sensory hallucinations that bombard me at every turn. Oh, shut up, Drew Barrymore. My feet are on fire. <laughs> I'm just like you. I like ice cream and money. <laughs> but I've got to go call the local television news station because there are devils coming out of my eyes and they're going to transfer me to sports. <laughs> flip, flubbity, flip on my shoes made of my own skin. Okay. <laughs> I am actually on Bipolar 2, which is the new Gladiator sandal. And, uh... <laughs> and the, uh... So it's a little bit manic uh, periods of, uh, of excitement and uh, high production. And then, long periods of depression, which is something that kills over 8,000 U.S. veterans every year, depression does. Which is funny, because you'd think they'd die over there when they come home <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, oh, I'm so worried they're going to get killed over there when they go home. <laughs> and because, it, you know, the country in five more doesn't have, like, health benefits for people, you know, with um, PTSD. I must, I'm not saying it right. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I thought it must be funny because people are not taking it seriously. <laughs> Is anyone thinking of suicide? Don't do it. Don't do it. I'll be so mad at you if you do that. I um had a friend who did that. And I was like, why did that? I think what happens is that people think, they, oh, I got this idea in my head. And it keeps coming to me, so it must be a good idea. I've had a lot of shitty ideas. <laughs> I uh once thought that it was a good idea to buy raisin bread, day-old raisin bread in bulk. <laughs> Um, 
I've also thought uh, that it was a good idea to keep books in my stove. Good storage area. Isn't that kind of, is that like a hazard? It's a book stove. <laughs> Anyways, the point is, don't do it. It's so mad. Because I know what people think. So they're like, oh, but I'm a waste of space and I'm a burden. That also describes the Grand Canyon. <laughs> Why don't you have your friends, family, take pictures of you from a safe distance? <laughs> Rivel in your majestic profile. Oh, but I owe people a lot of money and everybody hates me. Hello, most of Europe. Uh, oh, but I killed somebody. Oh, so uh, onion rings, firecrackers, who gives a shit? Oh, oh, but I've molested someone. Why don't you stop? Doing that? Tell somebody about it. Oh, we're at the Catholic Church. You're never alone! <laughs> I have thought of suicide just in terms of, uh, oh, the stewardess won't give me the whole can. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Oh, ho, ho. Oh, turbulence. I want to live. <laughs> okay, uh, last one. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. You know, I used to be like you, you guys. Yeah. I used to know the difference between right and wrong. Moved to Los Angeles and I lost 10 pounds because they don't let you finish your food. No, you're done. <laughs> Can I have dessert? <sighs> Dyed my hair blonde. Started working for the man. Cause I needed health benefits. I was just tippy tapping out what the man had to say. It's not my fault. And uh, then it uh, turns out the man owns uh, the flat screen of influence. And uh, I wanted to be on that. He said, well, you just got to make a couple changes to your joke so it's not to upset my buddies. And I made those changes. And I was on that flash screen of influence. And then the man said, I'll give you a big bag of money if you just say exactly what I want you to say. And I took that big bag of money. And I said exactly what I wanted you to say. And now I'm redecorating my house in shades of gray. <laughs> Thank you so much. American public, I think we've proven that I can get 30 people in a room. That's right. Yes! This has been lovely. Thank you so much for coming out and supporting a live dork forest. And uh, back, and in other words, uh, go buy a comic book, huh? Who, do, who, yeah, get, get unwritten. Do that. Chew. What? They're not just for kids anymore. They are not for, there are many that have never been for children. Uh, I think the goon. Okay, thanks a lot, you guys. Have a good night. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that?
If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?